1: And I'm going to tell you about the time I caught my stepmom cheating with my best friend, and how it led to me getting whatever I wanted. But before anything else, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, give this video a thumbs up, and hit that notification bell icon to show your support for me. My dad is hardly ever home. He's always away on business trips. That was kind of a new development. When I was growing up, He was definitely more present at home. He and my mom really made sure I had a happy childhood. Unfortunately, when my mom passed due to an aneurysm, dad became closed off. It didn't happen instantly. He mourned for mom, and I thought one day he'd eventually get back to normal life. Like the way everyone expected me to. But dad simply didn't stop mourning. He just learned to look happy in front of others. Every time we'd attended a barbecue at some uncle's place, the question for my dad would be the same. When are you going to put yourself out there again? You're too young to be widowed forever, some aunts would comment. Oh, I know a girl. She's a good girl. Single parent, just like you. You should ask her out, my grandma would always suggest. When are you going to get yourself a woman again? My uncles would prod, Dad. Eventually. Dad got tired of dodging those questions and laughing them off. So, he found himself a woman and got remarried. That was how Beth came into our lives. Beth was alright. At first, it was awkward, of course. But she really settled into a role as my stepmother and dad's new wife. I don't know, I thought I'd be more resentful at my father for trying to replace my mom. But really, I just felt indifferent. I thought, if it would make my dad happy again, why not? But as hard as Beth tried, dad never really got back to his normal self. His kind, optimistic self from before my mom died. And well, I guess Beth saw that too. But instead of helping him through it, Beth threw in the towel and just got what she could from the relationship. And by that, I mean Beth began to spend. And man, was she a big spender. One day, she came home quite late, with a few bags of clothes too many. My dad simply smiled at her. How did your day go, hon? asked my dad. Oh, I'm so tired. I had to get to all the shops before the mall closed, said Beth. I could see my dad wince at the thought of how much she spent. But he just smiled and told her that dinner was ready. The next week, Beth came home, wheels screeching. When we looked out the window, we saw that she'd brought home a new car. It was a sleek BMW. I knew immediately what my dad must have been thinking. That must have cost a pretty penny. So, yeah. When Beth couldn't get from my dad what she most wanted, she settled for something else. His money. Which was really quite odd to me, because Beth didn't really need to depend on my dad for anything. If anything... She was much richer than he was. She came from a really prominent family. Her father owns a successful winery. But I guess it must make her feel better that she was spending his money and not hers. Beth was gold digging out of spite. But my dad just avoided ever confronting it. Instead, he poured himself into work. Soon enough, he was spending more time at work than at home. And eventually, he would go on month-long business trips only coming home to say hello and deposit his luggage before disappearing to another meeting or some such. The only thing Dad would never tolerate, as I heard him say on a rare occasion when Beth and him had a fight, was cheating. As bad as it sounds, I was thankful that Dad had disconnected for that long at that point in my life. The more he was gone, the more freedom I had. And for a guy in his late teenage years, I needed a lot of freedom. I had so much fun having the entire house to myself most of the time. Beth usually was gone for most of the day, and she would only come home late at night. On weekends, I would throw parties and Beth could care less. She would lock herself in a room, binging reality shows while me and my classmates partied away. Sometimes she would check on us just to make sure nothing too wild was happening. And that was how she met Josh. Josh was my best friend. We've been joined at the hip since we met when I was 5. It surprised me too that Josh had never actually met Beth before, well, with the frequency of his visits to our house. But I guess Beth just never noticed my friend until he started working out and growing some stubble. He was a couple years older than me, but even though I was 18 and he was only 21, you might make the mistake of thinking that Josh was way older than I was. Maybe that's what Beth found attractive about him. One day Josh asked me, Hey, man, do you think your stepmom's... I blinked at him twice. What? I asked. I'm just curious, he said. What kind of question is that? I said, a bit annoyed. And so, Josh never broached the subject again. A couple of months later, I came home earlier than expected. I wasn't expecting anyone to be home, as Beth had told me earlier on that she was going to be away on a spa weekend and Dad was on a business trip. But when I got home, I saw that the kitchen was a mess. The windows were open, and the door to the backyard was wide open. My heart began to pound. We got robbed, I thought. I pulled out my phone and began dialing 911 as I slowly, carefully made my way around the house, listening and looking out for intruders. When I stepped out of the open doors and made my way towards our garden, what I saw stopped me in my tracks. It wasn't a home invasion at all. It was Beth and Josh. And when I saw them, they were kissing. What the actual- I began to say, and as soon as they heard and recognized my voice, Josh pulled away from Beth and began backing away. Beth began to scream hysterically, as if she was in some gory horror movie. Josh came to me, his hands clasped together as if he was praying. (laughs) Oh, crap. Man, sorry. I'm so sorry. She said he wouldn't be here till late. I'm so sorry, man. Seriously? This was his excuse? I had nothing to say to Josh. I simply looked at him and told him to get out. Beth fell on her knees on the grass, and she began sobbing uncontrollably. Please, please don't tell your dad. Please, Sander, I'm begging you, begged Beth. Fat chance, I told her flat out. And that was when the real Beth came out. She wiped her fake, crocodile tears away, and she straightened herself up. She dusted the dirt off her dress and stood as straight as she could in front of me, her nose high up in the air so she was looking down at me. I'll never believe you, she said, with an air of superiority about her. It's your word against mine. I guess she really didn't know my dad. Wanna bet, I said. Beth may have been a big spender, but she was not one to gamble. and so. She asked me. What do you want? I took a second to contemplate what I could get out of it. Apparently, I took a second too long, because Beth got closer to me and it looked like she was about to kiss me. You want me? She asked in a lazy, sultry voice. I jumped as far back away from her as I could. "Ugh," I exclaimed. Gross! Are you friggin' kidding me? Beth was not at all phased. She just stared at me straight in the eye, annoyed. What do you want? she demanded. Everything, I answered. What? she asked, confused. You spend Dad's money. I figure yours needs spending too. You'll buy me anything I want. And you have to spend your money. Otherwise, I tell Dad, one slip up and you're out of here, Beth. I imagine it'd be quite the scandal for your family, I said, winking at her. Beth did not like being on the losing side, but she did what I told her to. She bought me a Maserati, I made her take me to the mall, and I near-emptied the game store. With her card, I bought myself the most expensive PC setup I could build. And then, I made her buy me an apartment. That way, I didn't have to see her face so much anymore. Dad barely noticed. He thought I was working. I lived for free for a couple months. Every single expense I had, Beth paid for it. Until one day, I told her to just give me her card so she didn't have to worry about buying stuff. I could do it myself. On her time, of course. I went out every day. I made it my mission to empty her account. But it didn't last very long. My dad eventually found out. How? He caught Beth and Josh, just like I did that day. It seemed they didn't learn their lesson the first time around. Dad immediately filed for divorce. And unfortunately, he made me stop spending Beth's money. He never made me give her back the thing she bought for me, though. And that was pretty cool of him, I thought. I do feel bad that I didn't tell my dad earlier. That instead of helping him, I helped myself first. But, hey, I guess it worked out in the end. Last I heard, Beth and Josh got engaged. But when our family's winery went bankrupt, Josh left without a word. I already stole a hundred thousand bucks worth of jewelry from her. I'm not saying she deserved all of that, but hey, I guess karma's real.
0: Sometimes, I would look up the tall skyscrapers as I walked down the city streets begging for money. I used to live in one of those. I used to have a view of the ocean, a concierge, a doorman. I tipped my valet well, and he was a friend of the family. But that all feels like a lifetime ago. Now I'm alone, penniless, washing car windows and begging strangers for change for a living. It all started when I met Chelsea at a charity gala. She was the prettiest girl in the room, and I was the richest one. Hi, I'm Drake. I just thought I'd introduce myself, seeing as we'll be married soon. Chelsea laughed at my cheesy line, but it worked. A year later, we got married at a cathedral in Spain. We flew our friends and family over. We had a ceremony filled with luxury. A whole orchestra, ten pairs of swans, white flowers bedecked the whole place. And yet, as soon as the wedding was over, all Chelsea did was complain. I mean, sure, Bali is Bali, but isn't it a bit uninspired for a honeymoon? Half the people here are Australians. I wish you'd have taken me to Switzerland or Cape Town. You're Drake Nathan's for crying out loud. All of Hollywood is at your feet and you take me to Bali? She said this as she sipped on a $100 drink while lounging on a yacht next to a private tropical island. Chelsea's appetites were insatiable. She bought everything she fancied. Five years after our wedding, there were still clothes, bags, and necklaces that she bought with my money on our honeymoon that she hadn't even worn once. Chelsea quit her job the moment we got home and became a professional leech. All she did was attend celebrity parties and flirt with guys twice her age. She complained that I didn't give her a big enough allowance and didn't buy her expensive gifts. Meanwhile, she used my card to go on shopping sprees and to treat her girlfriends to lavish vacations. When she had our kids, the spending only got worse. She was never home and I had to take care of the kids myself even when I was filming. The kids loved it, though. But one day, I came home and Chelsea was gone, and so were the kids. My paintings, my statues, my cars, all gone. My safe was emptied, and the bank account was drained. I heard she ran off with some young model she met at a party, and no matter how much I spent on private investigators, they couldn't find her. I wouldn't have minded being poor if I had my kids, but she took them and she didn't even care about them. Then she had someone deliver a message. She would only give my kids back if I sent her money, lots of it. I sold what I could, I borrowed from the bank, but no matter how much I sent, my kids never appeared. I worked as much as I could, but the financial hole Chelsea left in me was too vast. And soon I was deep in debt. The banks took my house, they took everything that I had left, and I became a pauper. I had to live on the streets. It was tough at first. My friends tried to help, but Chelsea told everyone I was a bad father and that I did unspeakable stuff to her. Nobody believed me when I denied her lies. I was alone in the world. People who passed me by would recognize me and insult me. They would take photos and make memes about how low I sank. After a while, people moved on, and the world forgot about Drake Nathans. The only way I could really make money was teaching self-defense in martial arts classes. It was at least one skill from my acting career that could make stable money. I was on my way to interview for a job when I saw a commotion break out. A girl wearing copious amounts of jewelry was running down the street, and three crooks were running after her. They cornered her in an alley, and I ran through traffic, dodged, and jumped over cars just to get there in time. One of them already had the girl in his grasp. And don't move. If you come any closer, she's a goner. You don't want to get tangled up in this, homeless guy. Run along. Here's a dollar. The guy tossed a bunch of coins in my face, but I caught one and threw it back straight at him. While they were all shocked, I swiped the first guy with my feet and he fell to the ground. I elbowed the other one in the gut and he doubled over. And then I ran at the wall and used that to jump behind the third guy. I grabbed his arm and put it behind his back. The girl was free. You're safe now, miss. Suddenly, ten guys in suits came rushing towards us. Two of them grabbed my arms and pushed me to the ground. Princess, are you alright? Princess? Shut up, you lowlife. Did these guys hurt you, Princess? Hudson, call the cops. We'll need to investigate who's behind this. I I'm sorry, but the guy you're holding down, he's not with them. He's the one that saved me. Suddenly I was being helped up. The guys apologized, and the princess asked if there was anything she could do to thank me. That was when one of the guards recognized me. Holy that's Drake Nathans. Dude. Drake, Nathans? Who's that? The princess drove me to her mansion in the city and she had someone bring me fresh clothes. She housed me in her guest house and fed me. And when I had rested, she summoned me to her room. She had spent the whole night watching all my movies. She listened to my story and she pitied me. And so as a reward for saving her, she made me her personal trainer and martial arts instructor. I taught her judo. And there were times where her face would come so close to mine. And she would grab my arm to disarm me, and it made all the maids watching us blush. One time, she lost her balance, and her lips landed on my neck. I had goosebumps all over, and we both jumped back in embarrassment. Hands off her, you! I looked around and saw the princess's fiance. are Aren't you being too comfortable touching the princess like that? Oh, he didn't mean it. I... I fell. Nevertheless, a peasant shouldn't be touching a princess. You should make him wear gloves. You, servant, go fetch me some tea. The princess and I have something to discuss. But the princess's lessons are unimportant compared to the royal wedding. I was dismissed, and that night the princess came to me crying. She had no desire to marry Kieran, especially because when they were young, Kirin told her she was ugly. But now that she was going to be queen, he used his family's influence to get engaged to her. Nobody liked the guy. Even the guards would have hit him already if he wasn't a lord. He treated everyone as if he owned them, and I didn't want the princess to end up with a guy like that. But, princess, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a princess, I'm just Kate when I'm with you. You make me happy. You're the one I want to marry. She took my face and kissed me, and for three long, infinite seconds, I felt heaven. It wasn't just in my head, she was in love with me too. See, you can not do something about it. If you love me, take me with you. You have to take me out of here. I didn't want to put Kate's life in that position, But when I overheard Kieran confess that it was him who sent those thugs after Kate, everything changed. Kate's safety was at stake, and I did the one thing that I knew would protect her. We ran. And for months, Kieran's thugs hunted us. Kate and I sent coded messages back to the palace to tell everyone we were okay, and our guards gathered evidence for what Kieran did. One night, while we were in one of our hideouts, the stars were so beautiful that Kate and I decided to go for a walk on the beach. The waves were so tall, and the boats were camouflaged, so... We didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, we were surrounded by Kieran's thugs. I fought them off one by one, but I was running out of steam. Kate began sobbing from hopelessness, and just when I couldn't fight anymore, a bright light shone on us from above. Soldiers rappelled down the beach, and one by one, Kieran's thugs were apprehended. Princess, I'm so glad we got here in time. We were saved. The palace couldn't prove that Kieran had had bad motives, and so they basically used us as bait. But it all worked out in the end, and Kieran was taken to prison. Our story became a spectacle. The whole world wanted to know our stories. Someone even made a movie out of it, starring me. Finally, I was back in Hollywood, and my stardom was restored. At the movie's premiere, I felt someone grab my arm. I was pulled back, and immediately guards surrounded us. I looked back and saw my ex-wife behind the barricades. And she had my kids. They were all grown up. We lost it all, ran ran out of money. I've been raising them on my own all this time. Please, please help me. Sir, do you know this woman? I looked her up and down and I smiled. No, I don't know this woman. The Chelsea I knew would have never worn a dress with holes in them. She would have worn makeup and she would have had jewels everywhere. She might claim to be my wife, but she's not. Those are my kids, though. Let them in. Chelsea begged to be let in with our sons, but I just ignored her. I'm sorry. Take me back. We can be married again. I looked at her one last time. Marry you? When I have a princess as my fiancé? Kate showed everyone the sapphire ring I gave her. And as the paparazzi cameras flashed all around us we kissed. Once upon a time, there lived a boy raised by a horrible, terrible mother who
1: only knew how to make him feel like he didn't deserve anything in the world. That boy grew up to live a life filled with suffering which led him to a path of destruction. But there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Hi, everyone. My name's Axel. My parents fought a lot. Every day, multiple times a day. It was like being in the middle of a war zone. Only the weapons they use are words. My earliest memory was of hearing my mom shouting at my dad for not being able to afford to buy her a diamond necklace like her friend Sarah's husband. Sarah lived two houses down the street, and mom and her would spend afternoons trying to outdo each other. They acted like they were friends, but really, they were fierce rivals who always tried to outdo each other. My dad tried. He tried to be calm around her, tried to be nice and give her everything. But one day, Mom hit Dad with her fist when he found out she was cheating, and he left without another word. I was ten when Dad left. Apparently, Mom started cheating on him ages ago with Sarah's husband, and she was stealing from the family business. Well, the day my Dad left, the family business left with him, and Mom didn't like that one bit. She took that anger out on me. Sometimes she'd starve me on purpose or she'd leave the house, only returning weeks later. I had to fend for myself early. Boyfriend after boyfriend came and went so quickly into our house that Mom should have just had a revolving door installed. My favorite was Tim. At least he let me keep the change whenever he'd ask me to buy him his drinks at the corner shop. And he didn't push me around like the others. Him and Mom lasted about a month. I grew up with zero self-esteem. Mom always made me feel like I was worthless. If you hadn't been born, your dad would still be here. Now look at us. We're poorer than rats. I was over her crap that week. I was already so tired from doing all the house chores and cooking her every meal that I finally snapped. dad has gone because of you! You klepto cheating gold digging slap Mom left a stinging sensation across my cheek, and when she saw that I was trying my best not to show that I was about to cry, she decked me in the gut and I fell to the floor. She threw me out of the house that day. I didn't have anything but the clothes I was wearing on my back. I was lucky that my best friend Cole's mom was chill and took pity on me. I even joked about wanting to get adopted by a hot mom like her to Cole, and he immediately gave me a quick kick in the knee it was around that time that I met Haley. I was depressed, I had no home, and I was wondering how I could ever make something of myself in the world without a family. But then, I met her, and when I met Haley, my dark world suddenly became bright. I woke up every day like it was the best day ever, and whenever she smiled at me, I felt like I could do anything. Thing is, I had no business jumping into relationships. Especially not before dealing with what I got going on. Oh, I was horrible at it. The only people I could model from was my parents. And I thought that was what love looked like. I was basically a simp. I did everything Haley asked. I gave her whatever she wanted. And when I couldn't give it to her, I felt bad and made myself feel bad. I thought I would never become like my parents. But, I unconsciously did, anyway. Haley and I fought every day. When we graduated, she spit on my face and broke up with me in front of our classmates. I am so glad I'm moving to Colorado for college. Now this can finally be over. By the way, I only used you so I could copy off of you during exams. You'll never be worthy of me. Or any girl. You'll never be anything. I cried a lot, I'm not ashamed to say it, but Cole and his mom were there for me. But eventually I moved out of there. They told me I was welcome to stay, but I just felt bad just taking from them and never being able to give back anything. So I took my chances and went to Hollywood. Now I wasn't bad looking, and I was quite tall, so I thought I'd do some modeling. I got a job as a waiter and went to a few auditions. Honestly, I landed my first break out of pure luck. I was just walking to get some milk when some random lady stopped me and handed me her card. That very next day, I was called in to shoot a commercial. I went to Hollywood to try some runaway modeling. It turned out, I was pretty good at acting. So after my first commercial, that same lady who found me became my manager and she helped me book TV gigs. Nothing special, I would usually just be someone in the background. But then... One day, one of the actors got sick, and they needed a replacement. I immediately volunteered. The director was already frustrated, so he just waved yes. And that was the beginning of an awesome career. I did hit TV shows, movies with the best of the best, and soon enough, I was able to give back to Cole and his mom. I bought them a much nicer house, and I always send them tickets to any of my shows in red carpets. But then, years later, tragedy struck. I was in the middle of giving a press conference for having received my very first award when I got the call that Cole had passed away. He had a heart attack, and he was so young. I couldn't eat or sleep for days. I flew home and helped Cole's mom get through it, but when I flew back, I felt like I couldn't deal with it myself. I was just going through the motions smiling for the cameras, waving to people. But inside, I felt dead. Until I saw Violet. She was crying, waving her hands so desperately at me, wanting me to sign her autograph. And you know what? When I saw her, it was like the sun was shining on me. The world stopped. I never felt like that in a very long time, so I invited her back to my hotel, and we fell in love with each other instantly. Violet was probably the most beautiful girl in the world, and the world agreed. We were the cover story of every tabloid and entertainment magazine for weeks. They were all talking about our mysterious whirlwind romance. Violet was there for me. She helped me get through my grief, and she made the world a happy place again. I spent every free moment I had with her. I visited her family, And I even became pretty good friends with her sister who turned out was obsessed with the same video game as I was. We bonded a lot through that. While Violet was out shopping with my bodyguard, Kelly and I would spend hours just playing on the PlayStation. I felt happy. I found somewhere I belonged again. With Violet as the woman of my dreams, and Kelly as the sister I never had. The only problem was... Maybe Violet was too beautiful? Or, as Kelly put it, too much of a flirt. Every job I had, as soon as they saw what my girlfriend looked like, the director would fire me. And then they would try to take Violet out. A couple of them even offered her jobs, giving her roles in their movies just so she'd go on dates with them. And I... I felt powerless. She said if I loved her, I would let her do what she wants. She said if I loved her, that I would be happy for her that I'd be happy that she was getting her own break. I know it was wrong, but I let her bully me into believing that she just wanted what I had, and that she was not, in fact, using me to get her own fame. I loved her so much that I let her walk all over me. One day, she tried to end my career. She called me before I saw the news, telling me that she only did it so that there'd be a buzz around us and her new movie would sell lots of tickets. But when I saw what she'd said about me... I couldn't believe my eyes. In minutes, there were dozens of paparazzi outside my door. I couldn't even go out and get my postmate. Kelly had to literally muscle her way through a bunch of reporters and deliver my food through the back. The next day, the police came and arrested me. I got bailed out, of course, but my career was over. The movies I was working on dropped me. I was blacklisted from clubs and received every hate mail imaginable. Everywhere I went, people asked me the same question. Axel! Axel, over here! Why did you hit her, Axel? I did not hit her! I did not! Yeah, Violet told everyone I hit her. Sure, we fought a lot. Mainly because I would get jealous when I saw her sitting on some gross producer's lap. But I never, ever laid a hand on her. That's what I told the judge during the trial. Not a lot of people believed me not even my own lawyer. But then, one day, a miracle happened. The people I loved stood up for me. As Violet was telling an elaborate lie about the night I supposedly hit her, my camp called out a witness they were never expecting. Violet's sister. Kelly defied her own sister and told everyone the truth. That, in fact, it was Violet who was always hitting me that the same night she had given me a black eye just because I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore, if she would keep going out with directors and producers. Kelly told everyone how she witnessed Violet on multiple occasions punching me in the gut when her temper rose up. And then, several other witnesses said the same thing. There were even a couple of producers that Violet had cheated on me with who took to the stand. They all said the same thing, that Violet had on multiple occasions beat them up. I won that trial and finally my name was clean again. People who accused me apologized, and Violet was sent to jail for what she did. Now, her career is over and mine is back on track. And what's more is that I realized there was one person who truly loved me the way love is supposed to be like, and I kicked myself for not seeing it sooner. Kelly, her sister. I took it slow with her, and eventually I proposed. Now we live a happy life.